Welcome to Equipped for Ministry, presented by Big Woods Bible Church. Our hope is to equip the saints for the work of ministry by talking through common questions Christians ask. We hope you find this discussion to be helpful in the ministry God has called you to. But now, let's get equipped for ministry. Hello and welcome to another episode of Equipped for Ministry. I am here with uh, one of our elders. Uh, this is Bill, and I'll give him a chance to introduce himself here in a second. Uh, but we are uh, discussing uh, some things that recently came about at a men's work and worship day uh, that we uh, were able to participate in as, as a church uh, and so, ladies, before you click off, I do just want to just let you know the three audiences that we have in mind here. Firstly, I think this could be a good place for men who are there to get a refresh of what was discussed. Or secondly, it could be a good thing for men who weren't there uh, but need to hear it, an opportunity for them to hear it, and for uh, the women in our body to be able to, to hold us accountable to some of these things. Uh, so we will be discussing... Uh, some of that, what worship in the in, in the home looks like this morning. And so I'm here with, as I said, Bill. Uh, Bill, if you want to just take a minute to introduce yourself, uh, and then we can jump into our conversation. Uh, my name is Bill Newman, I'm an elder at Big Woods, and uh, my wife and I have four kids, and uh, we're seeking to uh, do this whole thing better every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not perfect. Having right. kids is not a perfect science. Yeah, and and so that's even part of where we wanted to to start to say, uh, as we discuss, you know, what worship in the home looks like. Uh, I don't think either of us would sit here and say we've got it figured out, <laughs> uh, or as Paul says, not that I have already arrived. Right, uh, right. So uh, just as we jump into the conversation, I think that's probably a good place to start with, you know, saying that. Yeah, and when we talk about worship, we're we're not talking about holding a church service at your house every day right or uh you know when our kids were little they would set up a little podium and imitate pastor tim <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's not really what we're talking about okay All we're right. talking about a household really that the most important thing in the home mm -hmm. is god right that's really what a a home mm. that worships god uh looks like yeah. so the activity by which we demonstrate that, you know, there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of mm -hmm. what we're, what we're talking about. Yeah. So then the place to start, I think is, is just to ask the question. Um, and, and this is going to be much of what Bill covered at the work and worship day, but Bill, how, how can I make my home a worship filled home? Yeah. So I think that the first thing we all need to do, um, and, and I, find myself doing this regularly is consider other things that we're worshiping consider right. the idolatry that has maybe crept into our our family into our home right i have found in my life anyway whenever i want to start doing something good mm -hmm. i usually have to stop doing something detrimental yeah. right if i want to eat right i have to stop eating poorly yeah <laughs> if i want to get in shape and exercise i got to stop laying around on the couch yep uh, if I want to wake up early, I got to stop sleeping in, you, you know, if I want, if I want to treat my wife, right, I got to stop treating her poorly. Mm -hmm. If I want to be generous, I have to stop being greedy. Yeah. Um, if you want to be kind, <laughs> stop being mean. So really most of the time when we want to start doing something in our life, we usually have to stop 
the behaviors that are running contrary to that. And the same thing is, is for worship because God made us with a desire to sure. worship something. You, you can even go to remote tribes on the Amazon and you're going to find the people there who've never been exposed to scripture are worshiping something. Right. He's created us with this desire to worship something. Um, and so the, really the question isn't, isn't, uh, is our home a, a place of worship? Cause your home is a place of worship. The question is, what are you worshiping? That's right. And so I think, you know, we need to start with that, with, uh, Exodus 23, you know, you shall have no other gods before me. Now remember, God wasn't saying, I need to be first in the line of all your gods and all the gods that are in your life. I need to be the most important one. (laughs) (laughs) No, he, and before me doesn't mean place in line. It means in his presence and God is, um, omnipresent. He is everywhere. And so we should have no other gods at all. Yeah. Um, only God should be our God. Yeah. And, and so even, I think just going off of what you're saying there, that we are, we are designed to worship. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's not a matter of whether or not we're going to worship. It's what we're going to worship. And so maybe you could help us identify some things that if, if we're going to start worship in the home, what are even some, some biblical examples of, of what, you know, those who have worshiped other things looked like, and then we can move into more specific personal examples of what we might be worshiping rather than God. Yeah. So we start with, there's no one, nothing as important as God. Mm-hmm. And he's the only thing that deserves worship. And he has made that explicitly clear (laughs) in scripture. Um, But because we're sinful and rebellious, we we tend to worship other things and make other gods for ourselves. I I think about the Israelites, right? Right, right. Now here's a people who had seen God demonstrate himself physically in view (laughs) Mm -hmm. in amazing ways. I mean, not just parting the Red Sea, but drying the land. They walk across on dusty, dry land where they can pull wagons. You know, they're not stuck in it. They saw amazing things. And, uh, you know, when Moses went up on the mountain, the, the, the Israelites immediately demanded that Aaron make them a golden calf Mm. to represent God. And God took that, very seriously his right. wrath was poured out 3000 people died mm. and i think think the main takeaway for me there is that god does not tolerate <laughs> idol worship yeah it's the same god right 3000 people died yeah it's the same god today god is unchanging yeah. he's eternal yeah. uh he's immutable yeah yeah <laughs> he's not a different god now than, yeah. than he was in the old testament so his wrath is still um, waiting to be poured out on idol worship in the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we think because God is so merciful to us and decides in his, in his mercy and grace to not kill us. Yeah. We think, well, it doesn't really bother him as much as it did yeah. back then. Right. It does. It, it really <laughs> does. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, I think we've both benefited from the ministry of RC Sproul to, to hear, uh, his presentation of of the holiness of God and just how all encompassing it is. Uh, think of Isaiah six, where Isaiah sees the glory of the Lord filling the temple, and his response is, "I am undone." 
Uh, and the holiness of God is something that I think we would do well to to maybe be more undone with, as, yeah. as Isaiah uh, exemplifies, where he's you know standing and seeing the holiness of God, and he says, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. And, and that is, that's the right response to the holiness, holiness of God. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, to say that he takes it seriously um, may be a bit of an understatement, but yeah. that's, that's how we can articulate it uh, because God in does, de- in, yeah. he, he takes his holiness seriously and how we worship him seriously. Yeah, I mean, sometimes in, in popular evangelicalism mm-hmm. would you call it yeah pop christianity sure sure <laughs> the the emphasis is only on god's love mm. and not on his wrath and anytime you remove one of god's attributes from your love and devotion of him mm-hmm. then you are doing something wrong right. and we we want to consider all of the attributes that god has revealed of himself to us all the time so we can't leave out god's wrath you know and in hebrews 12 god says we're told he will discipline us when we are sinning and right. idolatry is one of those one of those sins right so i think i think probably in, in what you've just discussed with with the israelites specifically uh it's it's easy to look at them and say well you know they messed up Right. Silly I'll Israelites. Never make a golden calf. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but maybe we do. And and yeah. so in in what ways do you think that maybe we're similar to the Israelites or or how can we yeah. go about uh you know seeing what idols exist in our lives? Yeah. And that's where we need to go next. It's yeah. like and I I think our example of the Israelites continues because the, the Israelites were heavily influenced by the nations around them. Right. And they had a tendency to want to mimic the nations around them mm-hmm. in their idol worship. Right. And uh, God dealt very seriously with that. I mean, to the point of all the Israelites were captured as slaves and hauled off to another land. Right, right. And so I think we do the same thing. We allow the culture around us to influence what we what we worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're doing it. So I have a few here. Um, I think one of the big ones that sneaks in is basically appearances how we look even as christians uh we want we care sometimes more about how we how religious we look mm, right, right. <laughs> than what's in our heart and yeah. the and the idol becomes appearing christian yeah, or yeah. christianese yeah yeah or, or being religious you know you, you see in acts 5 ananias and sapphira mm. were killed they weren't killed because they didn't didn't give all the money yeah they were killed because they were worshiping themselves and they were so concerned about the appearance right. of right. themselves more than they were about God. Uh, so self-worship, you know, appear, appearances, a worshiper of God is concerned about God's glory, mm-hmm. not his own glory. And I think many times, you know, we get sucked into being most concerned with how we look our own glory, mm-hmm. uh, even with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we're more concerned about the reflection that our kids have on us than we are about our actual kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that can be a, you know, that idol worship sneaks in there. Right, so, and and this is maybe more of a personal question than uh, something that may be beneficial to everyone, but how, you've just mentioned kids. I've got two, for now, uh, and am 
in the process of, of trying to go about, you know, creating a home that is full of worship and, and right worship directed at God. So I think probably what we, we see in, in culture today is, is an emphasis on kids, their success and, you know, setting them on a good path and all of this. How could I go about the process of, of making sure that, um, I'm helping them into a path of right worship. Yeah. Yeah. Because we are discipling our kids in worship. You are doing it. You may not be discipling them to worship God and to value God as the most important thing, but you're discipling them Mm -hmm. in some way to worship something. You, you know, it's pretty hard to not. And a lot of times that becomes, you know, their own success. Um, and a lot of times we're setting our kids up to idol worship their career and personal success for the rest of their life because yeah. we're letting their sports schedule run yeah. our whole family. Right, right. <laughs> and it's very obvious to everyone in the family that the scholarship or the athletic achievement mm. is the most important thing. So there's, there's little ways that it kind of subtly creeps in there mm-hmm. where we start discipling them um, into, into idol worship. Um, and so we have to kind of, you know, look out, you know, look out for that. I think first we want to recognize like what other things are we discipling our kids and, you know, even appetites, you know, Philippians three, um, for, uh, as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their Mm -hmm. glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. It's this whole thing of where's our mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Where are we? I think it, it starts very simple. Where are we? leading our family to have their mindset is it Mm. on earthly things yeah our own fleshly appetites it's not just a food appetite yeah yeah. appetite for earthly things you know set your mind on things above not on things of the earth colossians 3 2 right i think it starts there yeah when when we you know are are leading our family yeah yeah and so just again this is something that you are doing uh, and and what Bill is is communicating here is that there is a right way to do it and, and a godly way to go about um, worship. But oftentimes our focus in worship is set elsewhere, uh, and it, it's something that you know we need reminded every so often, uh, as as the Israelites did. Um, you know they they set up uh, they weren't Ebenezer's. What were they? The uh, the, the piles of stone uh, to, to remember, okay, at this location, God did this thing and we worshiped him here. Yeah. Uh, we need those sort of things. We need reminders to be able to, to, to say God has been faithful and we will worship him uh, and set our sights on him. Yeah, Deuteronomy 6. Yeah, yeah. You know, these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Yeah, right. And you and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, (laughs) when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, it's something that's always in the air, so to speak in your, in your home. The presence of God is acknowledged. It's known. It's felt. Yeah. It's in the air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's a way of life. Maybe we would say, but 
if there are things that have been helpful to you in this process or some resources uh, that you would uh, share to help someone feel equipped uh, to be able to do this, are there any things that you would say? Yeah, so a lot of little things. um, You know, you can watch some YouTube videos of worship music together. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe instead of watching something on Netflix for, you know, 15, 30 minutes, mm-hmm. watch some Sovereign Grace yeah. music videos. <laughs> right, right. I mean, there's a little, yeah. it's a, you don't have to be this, this uh, highfalutin Bible scholar yeah. to make this happen right. uh, in your home. And we, we live in an age where like, there's so many resources. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Also, just simply reading the Bible as a family and yeah. it, you don't have to read like three chapters <laughs> yep. and have like a two hour session. Right. You can simply a great habit is having the Bible on the kitchen table. Yeah. And so at dinner time, one of your kids who I can tell you, the kids become excited about this. Like my, my kids, when they're little, especially were excited to be the one to get the Bible, <laughs> bring it to dinner, yep. you know, and yeah. it's not like we did this every night. You're not going to, turn your home into a seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can do little things like that. Read right. a couple, read a couple of verses and talk to them. We also have, there's also so many resources that have been developed to help parents do this. Um, Aaron and I were just talking about the, the ABC Bible verses. Yeah. <laughs> there's a little book. I think you probably get it for five bucks on Amazon, Probably, but explain what this, cause you're, you're going through this now. With yeah. Great it's, for little, little kids. It's one of our bedtime books. Uh, and it's just simple to, to open it up and pick a letter or go through a to Z and it tells, so it starts off. So for instance, the letter a, the Bible verses, Proverbs, is it 13, 13, uh, a gentle answer turns away wrath. Uh, and B, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. And and it, it has a verse for each letter, uh, even Q and X somehow. And and it it then tells a little story based on what the the passage is, and has some questions for reflection. And and it's simple. Uh, and it's it's one of one of my son's favorite books currently. And he as he's learning the alphabet. Instead of saying something like A is for apple, he's saying A is for a gentle answer, turns away wrath. Uh, and, and it's just a lot of fun to go through and what read the stories. I, yeah, what I like about that is you're turning something you're already going to do. Yeah, yeah. You're already going to probably try to teach your kid the alphabet, yep. right? So mm-hmm. you're taking something you're already going to do yeah. and you're making it about God. Yeah. The most important thing in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's like a natural thing. The other yeah. one is this theology book and and again you'll go through different seasons in life on your personal availability and um this is a book that uh my wife tara uh took our kids through when they when they were little and i was traveling a lot for business and i was i wasn't always home Mm. and uh uh, some years i was gone every other week and so it's definitely a, a team thing um and and she took them through this book basically it's it's theology for kids yeah he also has one that we have it's a, a commentary on the psalms written for like i think the, like eight to twelve year olds okay and it's it's really good i've read through it but uh not quite where we're at right You're now as a family marty machowski yeah it yeah. has another yeah on the psalms 
Yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's under this a similar title, okay. theology. Yeah. Yep. And then another one is the children's story bible. This is great. I think if you have a wide range of kids, like at, at one point we had kids from three to twelve years old, mm. and so we needed to do something that was kind of <laughs> that they all could get a little bit out of. So the children's story, the child story bible is great because it goes through the Bible from Genesis to Revelations, but in in picking out the stories. And it, it doesn't pick out the stories in a way where we're trying to emulate the characters of the story. It picks out the stories in a way that it shows what the story reveals about God. Mm. And that's, isn't, that's what the Bible is about. So yeah. it, it doesn't, I would say, it doesn't dilute the truths of Scripture, yeah. but it makes it uh, <clears throat> consumable for children. Yeah, and I actually, so the, uh, the story behind this book is rather interesting as well. Catherine Voss is the daughter of a theologian, Gerhardus Voss. And she basically took the, the time of family worship that her dad was leading them through as a family and wrote it down. And so that, I mean, that's a a pretty neat story, even just behind the book. But, uh, we have this resource available to be able to, to, to peek in on someone else's process. And, uh, I've actually been meaning to order that one, so hope to get into that one soon. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Another one, and this is what I'm going through with our kids now. They're older teenagers, um, and this is Training Hearts, Teaching Minds. It's set up that you basically answer, you do a question in the catechism every week, and it's set up um, each week. is divided into six uh, devotions, Monday through Saturday. We aren't in our house. We just do all six sections in one day. Okay. But we have a little more time. Yeah. Uh, You're on the advanced I, track, probably. Right. <laughs> and I'm not, I, I no longer travel, so I have yeah. a little more time to yeah. do that. But it, it breaks it down to, so that even if you only had 15 minutes, you mm. know, you could still you could still do it. And that's called Training Heart, Teaching Mind. Basically, it goes through the catechism, um, the Westminster catechism shorter probably yeah the shorter catechism yeah. so in case you're not familiar yeah, with what a catechism is with the catechism. <laughs> it's an ancient teaching method just question and answers and and i found this to be true i have a, I have a two two and a half year old and he's full of questions and only you know becoming fuller <laughs> with questions and and so it takes that that uh teaching method and applies biblical truth to it uh, and so, for instance, we're we're going through Spurgeon's Catechism for Children, and it starts with, uh, who made you? And the response is God. And what else did God make? All things. And why did God make you in all things? For his glory. And so on and so forth. Just, just because kids ask questions, and, you know, we can help them ask questions about God yeah. through a catechism with good answers. Yeah. Yeah, like the first question is, what is man's primary purpose? The answer is... Man's primary purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Kind of a lost art going yeah. through the yeah. catechism. Yeah. There's, there's the city catechism also. Yeah, the, right? the new city from uh, Gospel Coalition. New city catechism. Yeah, and they have they have a lot of great songs. They're easy to just play, listen and they to. Have, don't they have an app? They have an app. Yeah. So you can do it right on your phone. Yeah, yeah, and that, I mean, as you said, there's no lack of resources. Right. Yeah, and we also 
we do have the time. Yeah. <laughs> if social media has taught us anything, mm. it's that we got oodles of time for stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> the amount of time that we spend on social media alone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're going to stand before God and we're not going to be able to say, I didn't have time. Yeah, God. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I, I think hopefully this, this has been helpful. Any other final words you'd want to say as we wrap up our conversation? Yeah, you know, as fathers, parents... God's not going to hold us accountable for the personal decision our child made to follow Christ. Mm. That's between them and God. Mm. But God is going to hold us accountable for how we led our family yeah. and how we demonstrated and led them in worship. Right. And so it, it's something that we should take probably more seriously than we do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And if you have any further questions on this, please feel free, feel free to reach out. Uh, again, my email is aaronb at bigwoods.org. And we hope that uh, this will equip you for ministry and worship within your home. And uh, appreciate the time that you've taken to listen. And we will see you next time.